0: Welcome to Bitpicking TV, a visual podcast about software engineering. I am Mark. I'm Laura. I'm Greg. Hello, Laura. Hi, Greg. Hi, Mark. Hey, in this episode, we are going to talk about security and privacy. Have Zoom been a bad boy? Is security
1: just too hard for developers to care about?
2: And does anyone care as long as we can change our background?
0: Let's go. So everyone now is working remotely. The world seems to have discovered uh, the wonders of Zoom, uh, which is kind of taking me a bit by surprise because I think we've probably known about Zoom for quite a long time and it's always just been a bit of business conferencing software. And now, you know, your mum rings you up asking you how to use Zoom, which is a bit strange. <laughs> um, uh, so so on the one hand, everyone everyone loves Zoom if you go by their share price. Um, on the other hand, there's quite a lot of concerns about Zoom and their privacy and their security and their ability to really be suitable for a modern generation of remote working. Yeah. So w- what do you guys think? Are, are you Zoom users?
2: Yeah, all the time.
0: I suppose you have to be <laughs> these days. <Yeah.
2: laughs> and the only thing I'm concerned with is my background my zoom background (laughs) i have to make sure on a daily cycle i've got a new picture have you have you gone as
1: as far as putting your own green screen in there no because you (laughs) could do that as well can't you you can just change the background and it just it works out where you are or you can go full on chroma key and people have been wearing (laughs) like green shirts so they're just a floating head (laughs) yeah
2: on a plate i saw one on a plate (laughs) that was brilliant no, I haven't gone that full on.
0: I've
2: been, so, I've been in like the sea and everything. Yeah.
0: So I, I suspect that you guys have got straight to the point here, which is that no one actually cares about security and privacy yeah. you've got good features in the app. <laughs> I was. I, I actually. End of episode. End it here.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks. Thanks.
0: Well,
1: for the, for the sake of carrying it on, I'll, I'll be the, the center. centre, um, okay. and I I don't use it unless I need to. I have used it in the past. And actually i haven't used it for a few years because um sort of the concerns about privacy and security haven't they're not really that new. They've been around for a few years, actually, which is why I weren't I wasn't using it. But I thought, oh well, they must have improved it by now, you know, because it's been a few years. Um, so I tried to install it on my Mac, and um, the experience of that was really quite shocking to me. It's it gonna get horrible. Bit, yeah, it's gonna get a bit nerdy. But when you join a meeting, it automatically downloads a client or an installer, and then you open that installer, and it looks like a normal macOS installer, so most people are probably familiar with it. But the first click you press, installs it, closes the installer, and then opens Zoom, which is a very abnormal experience normally you go through a couple of steps where it says are you happy to run this installer this is what the installer is going to do accept our terms and conditions all of that kind of stuff but they've abused one of the sort of features of the installer system that apple provide to just install it all silently in the background um and then just launch the client and i was like what what's going on and actually I, i was so sort of um intrigued let's say but also a bit wound up by the whole thing because i'm a bit ocd about installing too much software on my mac like went to have a look and it was installing all sorts of things in the background it was abusing paths and things like that and actually to unwind it was quite was quite difficult um so yeah so i I wasn't impressed with them but then the application actually opened and it's not that bad it's quite a nice looking app quite easy to use so i was a bit like oh why do they have to i think this is the problem isn't it for every bad thing there's a good thing yeah. you
2: know so yeah yeah have you tried to set up a meeting as well they, that is annoying that, is that that process isn't pretty but i don't yeah i don't like logging into it i don't like setting up meetings but actually using it isn't too bad it's standard right i suppose
0: isn't too, to your point about the uh the installer i mean it isn't i know that you know a lot of people have been saying well it's doing some sort of fairly nefarious things in order to do this stuff and so there's great concerns about what else they might be doing and i've seen things in the past about them leaving a web server running on your, your well that laptop. well that was
1: what i was alluding to that's how they used to install it in the past on, or at least on macos and yeah. the idea there was that when there's a um, a little web server running you could then click a link which would be sort of grabbed by the server and then because the server had privileged access, it could then launch the Zoom client for you.
2: Yeah, um,
1: right. But the thing, the, the problem with that was, well, A, it's probably not a good pattern anyway, but also when you uninstalled the app, you didn't uninstall the server.
2: Yeah, right. It
1: was there forever. And then secondly, it left, um, it because it was running, you could then, other applications could, um, could hook into it and grab your camera and microphone as well. Yeah. You know um, so, th- so that that was one of the reasons i hadn't used it for for a while
0: so the question is you know pe- people act like this is being done for some nefarious malicious means but generally I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that it was just trying to improve the user experience i just want yeah, yeah. to click the link and have it open i don't want to have to go and copy and paste it so we can just blame the all the ux label users yeah of
2: <laughs> course <Cool. laughs> yeah.
1: I think you're you're absolutely right. That's exactly why they've done that. And you you can just imagine the conversation in the, you know, on the Zoom conference about the feature um, and some bright spark saying, hey, we can do this cool thing. And, you know, it's that sort of thing. Well, just because you can, should you? And they said, yep, yep, we should. Um, (laughs) Because the CEO recently, I forget his name, but didn't he, he came out with that as the excuse and he said, well, we didn't design this as a consumer app. We designed it for enterprise and that the, the yeah. sort of somehow that then excused all of these things they were doing. And I was just thinking, and I'd and I i was, I'd be interested to get your guys' opinion on this. Why is it different? How is it that a user, if I'm in an enterprise mode, why is my expectations of as, as a user considered different to when I'm in a consumer mode?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. <laughs> I'd call, on, I'd call a bit of bullshit on that just because as we know quite often within enterprises uh, uh users laptops are far more locked down than they are as a consumer yeah. so if, if your software is going to do some odd things like that uh, it's far more likely that you won't be able to install it on a, mm-hmm. on a laptop than you will just on your own your own laptop anyway so
1: yeah well quite these Indeed. features as well—they seem very consumer-centric to me, not enterprise-centric.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You, know, you click one link, and all of a sudden, you've got this client running and servers in the background. I don't know any enterprise—if we—if we do follow that enterprise persona—that would uh, would approve that. Yeah,
0: and we we also all know that enterprise software is deliberately built to be as obscure and hard to use as possible. <laughs> yeah, in yeah. my experience.
2: And, and you're right. A lot of the clients we work with are saying uh, Zoom's locked down for us. We can't use it.
0: So hey.
2: it's it's a bit of a problem now. I guess they've all, all unlocked it recently.
0: Well,
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't know how else they were taught. I was going to say,
0: what do you do? Do you like e- email mold files to each other or something? Or? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Print it all out. <laughs> Mail it. <laughs> well, you know, I am I, I'm um, I, I have sympathy with corporate security uh guys and gals uh because i imagine it is a hard job and people will just click on absolutely anything um you know in in, in my experience and that includes me sometimes right you know there are there are some things that are not quite so obvious as the that they're the, the, the scammy um but you know it must be quite hard keeping your network kind of uh straight and clean mitigating the risks
1: I had that. Actually, it's funny you say that. I just I had that thought today, but for something else about how sometimes you just do something like there's these autumn automatic responses because, I you know, given what's going on, you would think we're all hypersensitive to being too close to people, to touching things, you know, that kind of stuff. And I went to deliver a parcel today, went into the shop. Spoke to the the um, person behind the counter, had my two metre rule, didn't touch anything. You know, we were sort of, I would walk up to the counter and she would walk away and then we'd swap places. And then right at the end, she handed this PDA to me and said, can you just sign this? <laughs> and I just walked straight up with my finger. And, went, remember? Yeah. and I was like, what? Now I've got to like not touch anything else for the whole drive home. <laughs>
2: and you're more. like, you just can't help it. But- yeah. Get an itch or something. Yeah, you drive yeah. Down
0: with your out the window. Like <laughs>
2: yeah, this. Like this, yeah. Have you done the thing where you like wipe it on you so you're like, I'll just wipe that, it'll be fine. I'll just. Well, wipe no,
1: because I saw the article the <laughs> other day that said about how your clothes can, you know, apparently keep it going for three days or something. So now I've got a decontamination,
0: bit in my <laughs> front porch. You know. But, um, uh, but you see now that um, it's been passed to tigers in a zoo. So don't touch. Yeah. Tigers. Don't go touching any tigers. Don't touch a tiger.
1: <laughs> that's Carol Baskin's fault. That is.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm halfway
1: through that. I'm starting. Uh, to...
0: <laughs> don't ruin it.
1: Don't ruin it. But the the point I was trying to make was that I didn't even think. As soon as she handed me this PDA, I just went straight in and signed it. You know. Yeah. And I bet yeah. that's the same for security issues. That you know. Well, it is, isn't it? That's how they do phishing attacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. That they just make it look just good enough that your brain doesn't think. You know, and you just jump straight in and, you know, and then it's only after the fact that you think, "What I should, you know, it's a bit like that that thing. What do they call it? The staircase um, response or something where you think of the best response to something when you're walking down the stairs on the way out. You know that when you, you're you in an argument and you think, oh, I should have said that, you know. Oh, I
2: get that with this podcast. After <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> after you start recording, I'm like, oh, loads of stuff to say. Just literally flatlined my brain all the way through.
1: you should have this rule where we have to wait 10 seconds after every question or every action so that you can really evaluate whether this is the right thing to do and
0: right now we're going yeah (laughs) but as i mean do you think security and privacy i'm just thinking from a developer's perspective security and privacy is also hard right and it's difficult and it it inevitably um, is expensive to implement in the right way and you inevitably take shortcuts with security, because I mean, there's, there's also varying levels, right, that you can that you can deal with. Um, you know, if you, if you want to go full on, you know, GDPR regulations, encryption, um, you know, and, you know, being able to delete people's data at, at will from anywhere in your system or retrieve it and export it and all that kind of stuff, that stuff becomes really expensive to do to do properly um so it's natural that people kind of take shortcuts or shall i say they evaluate the situation and decide they don't need to go the go the whole hog do you think
1: they Uh, get that
0: far
1: do you think people even think about it enough to decide not to go down that path do you think
0: Um, some may do some may not i think yeah i mean it's quite easily it's quite easily forgotten and and it is always a um is always a problem i think in a software development life cycle um you i think you either end up with uh development methodologies that you'll probably find in you know things like the defense industry where you you know you are just basically slowed down by tons of red tape yeah or you just don't have anything which is more likely? There's no easy under ground. Which is maybe once every six months you'll think, oh, maybe we should put a password on that. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> on that thing. Um, but I don't. I don't think. I, and I'm sure. I'm. I'm pretty sure that there have been many people that have tried. You know, introducing security gates and things into uh, agile development life cycles. I'm not really sure how much success they have i think you're very reliant on developers just having a uh you know a, a good sense as to when they need to implement proper security measures and 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 also just think about what the edge cases might be you know mm. um you i saw know, a
1: that's... cool thing on um, twitter actually with that someone has uh, created a pack of cards i can't remember what it was called but there was it looked a bit like cards against humanity um in that sort of design style but the idea was that every time you had a product feature, you would get this pack of cards out, and then each card would say, um, "Have you considered what would happen if X?" And then one of the things might be that that it goes viral, when you suddenly have like you know a hundred thousand right, okay, more times more requests than you were planning. Another one was about security. Another one was about you know what are the ways people are going to try and hack it. And then the idea I was, I tweeted
2: that I think. Oh, maybe it was Sorry. from
1: you. You are. I think I retweeted it from someone. I
2: think it's Kit. Kit uh, I can't remember a name now. Kit, someone. We'll I'll put know.
1: it on the captions on the on the, yeah. the edit. But, Kit but I, I saw this and I thought mm. that would take forever. If yeah. if yeah. every feature <laughs> I ever brought to the table and discussed, and we had to go through all of those points. Yeah. You know, and then I did so. I did think, wow, like maybe i should be doing that i felt a bit bad for a while you know it's just it your so point an- Mark, it was the like
0: the answer would inevitably be yagni. you aren't going to need it <laughs> yeah we'll yeah we'll do that later yeah yeah yeah, yeah we'll think about it
2: yeah.
1: yeah um because you're right it just it just feels like that some of these things if you really addressed everything it, you just i don't know just sometimes feel like you wouldn't ever get anything done
0: yeah right you could spend forever in a day implementing um you know security and data privacy features yeah uh, without actually delivering anything else i think it's it, it's a it's definitely a balancing act yeah i'm trying to do that but there's also that feeling of uh you know having gone through uh you know gdpr processes and then and dealing with all that you're like well but we're not dealing with anything we're not doing anything bad with it <laughs> like, we just. We just need the phone number. Right? it would just be quite nice to have. So you kind of like, do you know what I mean? You, you go well, this, but this is this is for people that are going to do something bad with it, right? And we're not doing it bad, so like it's fine. yeah we can get away with it by the way this doesn't doesn't really apply to any if anyone's wondering
2: yeah i used to work somewhere where all the passwords were saved in the database in plain text Ah, and the developer i worked with was like well it's okay it's only me that looks at it and i'm i'm trustworthy i was like but i've seen it (laughs) i'm not trustworthy (laughs) exactly exactly but it is, is that- a, it is a balancing act definitely De- definitely a balancing act with um the you know the user's trust as well so making it so that it is um you know secure enough but not too much friction as well so that they don't end up being so annoyed that they can't get in or they just don't want to go right. through all the hoops exactly like
0: banking user experience right <laughs> you know there's a there's a it, security is essentially the 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 yeah. opponent of of usability and ease of use which is the more hoops I make you jump through the more you're just going to go, ah, stop this I'm just going to go, I'm going to do all our conference calls on house party from now on
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's good we, should, we should have chosen house party yeah.
0: I haven't used it yet I keep hearing about it, my kids my kids are on it but.
1: Oh, I, ha- I have used it but there's an interesting angle on that as well on the security thing um, because they, so their app the way their video conferencing thing works is that you when you start talking with someone you kind of create a room but that room is public by default and so all of your other friends can see that you're in that room and then they can just jump in because it's meant to be like casual chatting so you can just join the room and it's very low friction in terms of setup and your mic and your camera are you know straight on and you're in that room so it would be like someone just popping up over there or over there and being hi I'm, I'm here um And it it actually works quite cool. And it's got some, like, in when you're in a room, you can play games like um, Draw Something. That was a big thing a few years ago, wasn't it? So there's a version of that in there. Um, But they got into a sort of a bit of a security snafu as well because somebody, apparently, this is their story that came out after the fact, started a smear campaign and said that if you install House Party, you're allowing people to sort of hop onto your um, other accounts like Netflix and Spotify and therefore they can get into your, you know, they can hack those accounts and then like later maybe get to your bank account and stuff. <laughs> and this was so prevalent, like, whoever started this rumor, cause it was bullshit. It was a complete bullshit. Um, that I had tons of people that suddenly deleted the app and then you open the app and you look at your friends list and it will say friend deleted, friend deleted, friend deleted. I had people asking me like, Oh, is this really, really like true that if I install house party, people are going to like hack me. And it got so bad. That the owners of House Party, Epic Games of Fortnite fame, they put out a million dollar bounty and said if anybody can find the source of this and can prove that it was a smear campaign and uh, I e prove that it wasn't true, it was all just made up to smear them, we'll give them a million dollars. And they were like deadly serious. And I was like that is that is fantastic because yeah. they get they get all the hype now for offering a million dollar bounty. So yeah, all yeah. of that negative press is instantly reversed, and if they do find someone, if they do find evidence that this was um, contrived and and purposeful, then they've got a, a lawsuit there, which will be way more than a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. So it's like whoever thought of that has really taken that situation <laughs> and like turned it around. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, it
0: was um, really
2: clever. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like one that we've been using called whereby. OK. And I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's the same sort of thing where you have a room and you can just drop in and out of and reuse it at work. And I think I nearly sort of felt like became a cropper, basically, and nearly gave it to my mum as like, yeah, you can use this if this isn't working. Skype's not working or something. And, you know, thought actually she could just drop in at any time okay. <laughs> into my like work, my work calls or something. My mum pops up. That would not be good. <laughs> so I thought better of that, and I've, I've, yeah, not given her that.
1: <laughs> well, I guess that, but that whole thread is, um, that seems to be what the next big thing is, right? Because that's sort of what Facebook portal is. And again, in this sort of new world where suddenly, you know, like Mark said at the beginning, we're all sort of used to video conferencing, but there's a whole, you know, bigger group of users that that don't have this. And so there's been a lot of talk about how to make it easy and Facebook Portal as much as I don't like Facebook for their sort of position on privacy or whatever mm-hmm. but they've got this camera that fits to your on your TV and then you can instantly just drop in on people that have can, um, you, cam- can
0: you Can you explain to me what Facebook Portal is? I don't know this.
1: Okay so it's um it's a it's a webcam but it's a so it's a physical device and you put it on the top of your TV I mean I've, I don't really know the technical details but I guess it's got HDMI out or whatever connects your Facebook account to it um, and then you can just video conference all your Facebook friends all of your messenger friends it works across devices so if you've got a Facebook app it will call into that
0: Right, right.
1: you know TV to TV that kind of thing yeah um, but it's like simple you know everybody knows Facebook everybody knows messenger so you just start a call and then you're on the TV so you know, these people that don't have laptops, they only have phones. These people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, are these people? people. I haven't ever mixed <laughs> with them. There are some people. <laughs> um, and it's quite useful. All the Amazon shows, all the Amazon Echoes with the TVs, or the right. screens, not TVs, yeah. you can do the same thing there. You can just say, call mum, and then it will just go straight on. I guess I think Google Home does the same thing. So this idea that you can just drop in on people, You know, it seems to be a a big sort of. That's where all the big players.
2: Which is it? Because otherwise, it is. Sorry, go on, Mark.
0: (laughs) I was going to ask, like, clearly, people don't really care. Like, when you talk about privacy and the fact that maybe it's listening to your conversations, do you think people are happy with that? Do you think it's kind of overblown as to how much of an invasion of your privacy that it is? You know, I mean, a good example is, you know, take, take um, uh, Alexa, right, or an Amazon Echo. An Amazon Echo has a, a, a chip in it, you know, which will recognize when I say Alexa and then start recording my conversation. So, you know, if, if I trust Amazon, you know, this thing is not continually sending my data anywhere. It's only, you know, programmed to awaken a specific word. Um, and even then, if it sends my audio somewhere, I kind of accept that because it's needed for um, you know, training machine learning algorithms, for example, which has landed them in hot water, right? In in the recent past, because people go, oh, other people are listening to my my yeah. conversations. You're like, well, they have to, to some extent, like, you know, not every conversation, but some yeah. it, because that's, that's,
2: that's how it works,
0: yeah. is, right? That's how it works. Um so you know so i kind of trust they're doing the right things with it like is that misplaced should i should i be more paranoid do you think
1: Uh, well i definitely think it's a principled place i think at the moment for most people the benefits of that outweigh any um any of the published detriments you know like oh it's okay that they've got this information because i like the fact that you know i don't use facebook but you know things happen i don't know Um, So I guess that a lot for me, it's a lot of the principal things. You know, I sometimes describe it like voting with your wallet. You know, although there's not a transaction occurring like a physical financial transaction, um, you know, because I don't want to support that company, I try not to, you know, to do anything that would earn them any money. And I know that I'm a very small minority because Facebook, as an example, and all of them really just seem to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But if there was a company on the high street and I didn't like the way they ran their business, I wouldn't go shop with them. So, you know, but I I definitely think it's a principled thing and there are just um, the benefits for most people outweigh their principled positions.
0: Yeah, but is it? uh, I guess my question is one of of trust. You know, if if you decided that you did want to use Facebook, would you trust that they were doing reasonable things with your data or or should we be more paranoid and maybe facebook's a bad example but let's say let's say amazon you know should we be more paranoid that actually they are just uh sending that data back someone else and do we care i mean do, do i like realistically does it do i care that much if uh someone sells my you know the fact that i'm i like i think laura's frozen she? oh she's back
2: uh, I'm but, here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, just sitting really
0: still. Okay. <laughs> so this is it. Facebook are
1: like listening to this, and they're gradually degrading do our video so until them. we say good yeah. things.
2: Yeah. yeah, I don't know about you guys, but you, right. I, I can barely hear or see you both
0: of you. So problems. due to some technical issues, believe it or not, ironically, we've moved to Zoom <laughs> just to test out its security features, uh, which include. <laughs> the beautiful background lovely background uh, so that you can't see uh, where we are uh, so so uh, i'm gonna try and pick up again and, and ask the question which was um should we be concerned that companies are doing nefarious things with our data or is that just paranoia uh and we should just chill out about it and accept that it happens and, and if we want nice things we're gonna have to give away all our data Discuss. <laughs> start with
2: Surely we shouldn't have to put up with it. It doesn't yeah. Doesn't I don't, it? not I mean, right yeah. Sorry, you go, Laura. No, it's right. I just I had no thoughts there. Really, it was more just I don't want to. You're <laughs> <laughs> not taking it. My stuff.
1: I, I suppose it's that kind of thing. There's probably some lovely you know, pithy quote about this where the fact that we don't have to worry about it means that there are enough people worrying about it for us. And, you know, if we stopped worrying about it for real, then I guess over time people would be using our data for the wrong things. You know, we were joking about GDPR earlier, but actually, Mark, what you were saying was entirely GDPR compliant. You know, as long as you tell people what you're doing with the data, I believe that's all the requirement is. So if you want to say to them, we're not doing anything with it, mm-hmm. then that's great, you know, and then if you do do something with it, you can be liable and and that kind of stuff so um so I don't think we do need to worry, but I wonder if that's because enough people have worried before us to to put us in that position um, and therefore we should continue to keep worrying otherwise it may get to a a bad place
0: well, yeah i suppose there's the, there's the fact of like. Right now, when we talk about people using our data for bad things, it you know, generally it means something like someone trying to sell me something that I didn't ask them to to yeah. sell me um, I guess it's when it extends into the uh the realms of using it to deny me a service or you know to arrest me for uh for views that I may hold that are not uh you know tolerated. Uh, that's a very different different thing mm. you know? and it, is that is that the future
1: i'm not sure I think it might be inevitable i mean in china right the the and you never know whether this is true, but they had this app Didn't i mean we have spoken about this on the last episode, but they had this app and um it would give you a a colour red this is during the the coronavirus crisis, mm. and it'd give you a colour red amber, or green I guess. Um, and if you were red, you weren't able to enter certain places like the, the um, transit network, that kind of thing. So there's some data there that they hold on people, which is directly affecting their lives. You could argue it was for good, but on the other on the other hand, there's some medical records there that are associated with me as a you know a, a profile in a data system somewhere,
2: you know. It comes it comes down to the society though as well, doesn't it? Because those societies are quite um what do you call it? Collect collectivist. They yeah. they they understand why they're doing that because it's for the, the greater good. Whereas over here we're more individualistic. Is that right? Okay. And then we're like, No, it belongs to us, you can't have it. Um we're we're slightly less less inclined to do something for the greater good like that. We we would yeah. wouldn't put up with it maybe as easily as they do over there that's why they've stayed indoors more and they've allowed sharing their data as you know standard
0: but this is i mean this this is a good point about machine learning i i, I don't we, I, I did mention this just a minute ago, and i don't know whether it's usable from where we got to on our, our bit of conversation but something like machine learning what you are doing is collecting a wealth of data for the greater good So if you personally say, if everybody says, I'm not going to donate, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to allow someone to have my data. Then things like machine learning, which are in most cases, you know, used for a good, you can't, you can't have it right. You can't have it both ways. You can't both not give away any data, but you know, get the benefits from large scale learning and large scale data sets. Yeah.
1: Um, I wonder if that concept, I mean, that's quite an advanced concept, isn't it? So I wonder if that's why this is such a tricky topic because people don't understand machine learning. They don't understand, you know, the, the irony is that the ultimate success of machine learning is when something looks really simple. It looks obvious because you look at that thing, like computer vision, for example, you know, you go, well, I can tell that's a mug. So when the computer finally decides that it can pick out a mug in a, Collection of a thousand objects, although that's incredibly complex and required a lot of training data to get there. I.e., these breaches in privacy breaches. Actually, the result is dead simple, and I just don't think people can comprehend the path that it has to go through. You know, and I picked on computer vision there because I'm looking at a mug, but it's the same with voice. It's the same with you know, self-driving cars, all that kind of stuff. You know.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it kind of feels a bit inevitable that you're going to have to give away some some data and we should just get get used to it
1: yeah done yeah,
0: so <laughs> yeah
1: but <laughs> isn't the point that we need to be responsible with it you know we joked earlier when in, in the skype portion of this call <laughs> about how as developers we may not think about this stuff um, you know as immediately as we probably should or we might find it difficult um you know that kind of
2: stuff is that why it's it's not looked at yeah sorry go on is it's just it's difficult and it's not it's not the sexy bit is it's it's quite hard and it's quite open-ended and it's quite gray yeah Yeah, that's possibly why it's not like the fun bit (laughs) (laughs) for some people i mean yeah obviously some will find it fun
1: well, it's the SecOps crew, isn't it? That's another one of those
2: SecOps,
1: portmanteaus yeah. that infuriate me. But yeah, SecOps. If you're a SecOps guy, you're yeah. a suck up to Facebook. That's what you are.
0: <laughs> Facebook patsy. <laughs> um, but I mean, what's what's interesting to me is so I follow on uh, Twitter Troy Hunt, who is uh, uh, if you oh, know the pwned guy. Have I been pwned? Yeah. Uh, yeah, checking your your passwords. He runs that, and and you know. Uh, almost every day has here's another breach because someone left a a mongodb running or an internet facing server without a password um or this company did. and and you you realize how many basic mistakes companies are making in security like it, it it doesn't need a genius uh and it doesn't even need much time uh to if you're creating a database to think a i shouldn't make this internet facing and b if i really really have to maybe i should put a password on it um you know like th- these are really basic mistakes and they seem to be happening over and over and over again so clearly as, as an industry um you know we're failing to to even you know and maybe i'm tiring everyone with the same brush which is which is not fair but um but it just shows that the, the you know, there are plenty of people out there that are building software who just aren't doing the the simple things that they should do to keep your data safe. But I think mostly that's
1: probably, I, I, I think there's an, a, a term for this as well. I'm going to use the word escalation, but it's a bit like when you accidentally put your, you know, one of your secret Amazon keys in your in your repo and then you publish it publicly. Like you didn't do that on purpose. Yeah, It was there from two years ago or something. And then a whole series of other events occurred. And then, you know, the second it's on, A public repo like you can't you can't undo that
2: you know yeah yeah
1: so i don't i mean i'd have a bit more faith in (laughs) in us that we're (laughs) not all doing this like maliciously um but on the other hand we should i definitely think we should make it easy not to or make it hard not to whereas if you look at like aws console and actually i had the misfortune of um of trying to replicate some aws stuff on google cloud platform and it's equally as obtuse and I'm absolutely no. fucking paranoid that I like, haven't ticked the right box or something else has occurred and I'm suddenly going to get a bill for like $4,000 for the bloody Google Maps API. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <I'm> like... <laughs> so I do think that um, it is hard as well. You know. And if you're not a seasoned professional, I do think you could quite easily make a mistake um, you know, that we see. It's,
2: it's it's even making. if you are. Go on. No,
0: sorry. Go on, Laura. I'll leave.
2: <laughs> I think there's still a lag
0: because I'm just talking <laughs> over
2: everybody. Um, but yeah, even if you are a seasoned professional, you know, it's not like you do you you do a whole year of uni learning that and then do it all the time once you're in your jobs. So it's usually like a one-off thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. is that right? I, I might be yeah. speaking out I mean, Turner, that you set it all up and then you leave it.
0: Or... I I was going to ask. Um, Uh, have you guys ever been through like training uh, for security, you know, web security or database security or anything in your... Not me. Well,
1: um, I have as part of some AWS training, but not in any great detail. I mean,
0: I've I've done very little, um, like very little focused training on, here are some security best practices. Um, and I think, and it is, a, it is a weak spot, and I think, we, you know, as an industry, we should do more of it, but it is kind of seen as quite boring or, or also, I mean, the, the other thing um, that happens these days is a lot of it is rendered obsolete because, um, you know, if I take, for example, um, uh, uh, web security exploits, a lot of the frameworks these days are built to to stop you making those mistakes. Um, so, you know, if you're using a database, um, ORM, you know, it almost certainly won't allow, uh, SQL injection attacks. You know, if you are using a modern web framework, it will include things like cross-site forgery tokens in your form so that people can't, you know, and, and do all that. stuff. But I wonder whether sometimes that then takes away, um, uh, you know, the need for people to learn about these things. And so it's easier for them to step on the landmines when they're away from the safety of some of these other things they just don't they don't have to think about it normally Uh, so they can make those mistakes again so i don't i don't think we should sort of let up on uh, actually training people in what these things are and why they're problems
1: yeah i think you're right i think there's probably some some i mean it is all complicated isn't it so if you think that something is secure by default you may stop thinking about it and then you're only as good as that tool that you've adopted yeah so
0: yeah it's tough. again you know but all these things you know at the same time making sure you cover all these things is a barrier to then just getting your job done it's the same thing of you know we talked about security being the opponent of usability it's also the opponent of productivity in a lot of cases <laughs> so again if i've got oh, do i really now have to implement like tokens around here and like, all this although funny enough
1: Somebody said that to me the other day, but in a different context. And I said, oh, how are you getting on with this, the sort of working from home? And he said, oh, I've just spent all my time just sorting that out. And I haven't had a chance to do my job. So right. I just went back and I said, isn't that your job? Like he's, he's the like, sort of head <laughs> yeah. of the department. And I was like, isn't that the job? You yeah. know, like to, to be able to deal with this sort of stuff. So I'd probably argue as well that the, maybe the security thing, the problem is, is that we don't think it's our job you know think someone else should be doing it or the tools should do it by default but that's, and that's a maybe thing, it is.
2: isn't it there are security consultants that you can get in to do that that bit a bit like someone who comes in and like cleans your house because you don't want to do that bit that's not interesting to you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, yeah i mean have you had any experience of that
0: uh of consultants not specifically to um to kind of fix the problems we've created, I don't think. I mean, of course, I mean, um, you know, one thing we do is go through uh, things like penetration testing, which I find fascinating, actually. I, and, and I think is, is I'm, I'm not nearly clever enough to be able to do that, that kind of stuff. Uh, and, I, and I wish I was, because I find it like the, the exploits that people can find in your software uh, are really quite astounding. You know, and they will find something. They will always yeah. find something. Um, some people are sort of crazy talented at finding weird loopholes and yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, ways that they can send data into your application and they get, you know, uh, and it, and it, and it's the same point. If I were to cover every single one of those, I could, I could work forever to try and shut down every single possible loophole and backdoor in my application. And, you know, still probably someone would find some way to yeah. live <laughs> yeah. an arms race, Yeah. Uh, and
1: I suppose understand. when you're, I was just thinking there that, you know, like on this thread of, have you got the money to do it? And when you're a startup, you probably don't, but then you're also, unless you've really gone viral quickly, you're also not really being looked at. But when you're a Google or a Facebook, you know, everyone's looking at you and so they must have these huge teams. So yeah. it's it's, um, it's probably, a, you know, like you're a victim of your own success, aren't you? If you, if you if you're, it budget on SecOps is like greater than your budget on, you know, actual actual development, you know.
2: Is that what's what's happened to Zoom? It's still in startup mode. It's just not yeah. half yeah, yeah. well, budget poured into that.
1: Yeah. I mean the theme does seem to be, given that we're now on Zoom, you know, that they're not as, they're,
2: <laughs> <laughs> <You're> like,
1: <laughs> But the theme of the episode does seem to be that they're not quite as bad as the press as uh sort of made out and I do have a I do feel a little bit sorry for them because they have I don't know what the numbers were but it was something like you know two million daily users to a hundred million or something I don't think it was quite mm. as big as that but a crazy amount of growth and then suddenly yeah. there's all these new eyes looking at it and everyone wants to be a you know a viral blogger because they found some you know thing to shit on or whatever so I do feel a little bit sorry for them so they probably are a little victim of their own uh,
0: well the main the, <laughs> the thing now isn't it is about the end-to-end encryption and they say, we yeah. do end-to-end encryption, and it, it it depends on your definition of end-to-end. End-to-end. Yeah. <laughs> it's end-to-end, but they've got the keys to both ends.
1: Yeah. But um, yeah. well, also, so- in the middle, it's not encrypted as well.
0: Right. So
1: it was end as in from client to server, server
0: yeah. for
1: everyone, but in between the server-to-server communication, whatever, it was apparently not. Although I then read a, a, a sort of a rebuttal post or a comeback post blog post that said that that's really difficult actually to do it with vast numbers of participants so it's sort of not surprising that you can't do that but I think the theme has been that they they lied I think that seems to be if you when you like Mm. unwind it all yeah they did some things that you know probably weren't ideal but they didn't tell anyone and and then yeah, well, it, they got it, it, caught out, you know. So it was more of a reputational thing than
0: you again, know. Was it a lie or was it a definition? Was it a No mean, I were, no, I think that they, they knew what they were nefarious, saying. Nefarious in their I keep using the word nefarious, but <laughs> <laughs> being nefarious in, in what they surely they would they were, you know their their intent is still the same. Their intent is, is that your traffic shouldn't be intercepted by someone else. Uh, and and to a large extent they've achieved that even yeah. if it's not in a way that is defined by
1: well and and case. and to your point most people you know when you said do people care about um you know privacy i don't think you said those words but when we had that chat most people probably don't care so you just get a couple of bloggers and a couple of thought leaders that jump on it yeah you know and then unfortunately it sort of it breaks away from that bubble and then it's on the bbc news and and whatnot. Um, but I think most people don't care because you can change your backgrounds <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 max, 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 max. <laughs> and that, it just makes it.
2: Who cares? <laughs> take my money, yeah. <laughs> take my data.
0: In fact, decrypt this okay. now and okay. we'll broadcast it. We'll broadcast it. <laughs> I need to oh, watch out, the
2: Laura. Place. There's a shark.
1: Oh. Oh.
0: <laughs>
2: Was that the right way? Or was I I running away
0: the wrong way? I'm going to have to keep flying the bit picking flag.
2: (laughs) But they've since since sent out a security update, how they've switched on passwords for everything now. Um, And and they've done all sorts. So, yeah, I guess they're they're just struggling to catch up from their startup mode.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm a a little disappointed. We didn't get Zoom bombed, which is what you call it.
2: Yeah. Somebody
1: jumped in and showed a picture of their potato or whatever. A potato. <laughs> well, I was going to say penis, and then I realised that this is a family show.
0: Well, you, you've already sworn. <laughs> this is a not a family show. What's that, yeah, Mark? You've already sworn a couple of times, so it's too late for oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, to to start then, as well, I mean, one of the one of the things that I'm involved in is is IoT, and famously they say the S in IoT stands for security, <laughs> 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 as in there is none. There is none um you know and and that's because that's an area that's full of startups and again like it actually is, it's just a bit too much work it you know adding security security is generally not a feature yeah. right In, until someone jumps on you for not for not being secure but you know the the wealth of webcams that you can now get onto with default passwords but then i mean twas was forever the same right i mean same problem with routers routers getting shipped with default passwords and Anytime yeah. you have to ship a password on a bit of hardware is a problem yeah. because, you know, you can't just generate, you know, ask the user to connect a USB cable and set their own password. Um, so, you know, that, that's that's always going to be problematic. And and generally, the the user population doesn't help themselves either. Primarily installing that camera somewhere private, not bothering to change passwords. You know? yeah. so there's, there's an awful lot of user education needed as well.
1: They make for great TikTok videos though.
0: <laughs> you know, when someone's someone's
1: got some footage of someone reversing into a house or something like
2: that. <laughs> I'm not on TikTok. Are you guys on TikTok?
1: I'm
0: not on TikTok. He's banned in our house.
1: I wouldn't say I'm on TikTok, but I do find it hilarious. Like you can you can view the popular posts without being having an account. And it is it's like Vine. It's like it's Vine but better then. Yeah. So.
0: No. Well, but, but, but TikTok, <laughs> no. TikTok's a great TikTok's a great a great point because actually there was a lot of people that would tell you, you know, TikTok is a Chinese company that that actually mm. they they've got some very um, uh,
2: nefarious, nefarious <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh
0: ways of di- of doing things as well. I and mean, we go, hey, it's fine because I can get cat videos. So no, nah, who cares? <laughs> I don't think it's not it's not healthy, really.
1: That is quite funny, because yeah, you're right, the, the reason I'm not, as much as I have a very principled stance on Facebook, for some reason I don't on TikTok, who are probably a lot worse, and it's because the payback is great, like, it is, it, you know, it, it's the equivalent of watching TV, it's just entertainment, you know, I don't think of it, I don't think of it of anything more than that, but it is enough for me to think, oh, those security issues or those privacy problems that people keep talking about, nah. I want, I want to see another dance.
2: I want to see another cat. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the way I see it is, if 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 like if it was me, it's like someone coming into your house and just like looking through all your stuff, like looking through your drawers, you know, taking stuff out your wardrobe and putting it on. <laughs> and it's like, would you allow that? Would you would you allow someone to just sit in the room and listen to you talk to someone like of your family? That's that's what it feels like for me. So I don't have a. Alexa I don't have a Google Home because it sort of freaks me out a little bit but um yeah that's that's kind of what it, I compare it to is it's having someone there all the time and you
0: wouldn't you wouldn't stand for that if it was a real person would you go for your staff or listening in this is what I mentioned earlier which is well actually you know knowing the implementation is I'm uh, I trust that that, that the, the the echo is is not listening to or is not shipping my conversation anywhere. It's not listening in the sense of the word, except for, you know, there is a very specific voice pattern, um, encoded in the, um, uh, in the, the chip, which is waiting for me to say Alexa, at which point it will start taking out. But, you know, whilst I'm not saying that it's just a dumb device that's sat there, but, you know, but maybe I should be more paranoid about that situation.
1: Um, I feel right. incredibly conflicted <laughs> after this conversation now. <laughs> do
2: you?
1: Well, yeah, because well, like, I gave it. I,
2: ends of the... <laughs>
1: well, I gave it the whole like, oh, Facebook, you know, never use them. And yeah, I'm using. I've got Alexa's. I've got Siri. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm on TikTok. Not on TikTok, but you know. And so, what? What am I anymore?
2: <laughs> what am I? <laughs> what is this world we live in? You're Zoom. It can, you know, as Mark well. is really.
1: Mark is
0: really challenging me here. Like. I think. I think you need yeah. to go the Storman route. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do what? You need to go the Richard Stallman route you need to dis- <laughs> disconnect your laptop from the internet entirely, air gap it, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, I oh. think we've um I think we've exhausted Zoom.
0: We, we have exhausted. I think we've
1: run out of Zoom. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it still doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh,
2: I think we've not, like, had human conversation for so long that yeah. <laughs> we're kind of like, oh, can we do this
0: We've got a bit of uh, cabin fever going on. I've
2: switched my background off now, just so you know.
0: (laughs) Oh, I see, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in the (laughs) parlour. West wing. (laughs) The west wing. Okay, so Greg, to Zoom or not to Zoom? That is the question.
1: I'm a convert. I think the background feature... Has nailed it for me, so that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything on Zoom these days.
0: <laughs> I think I think the best way for us to monetize this channel is probably to turn it into a, like a Zoom background review channel. Yes. Yeah, be
2: good. I could get on board with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think lord you'd be excellent at that. I think, I think you're ahead of the game.
1: Yeah. Although <laughs> I have seen, maybe for next week's episode, I have seen that you can add a video. But I wasn't yeah. quick enough on the show to um, to actually oh, yeah. get a video. But
0: seen some great videos of people kinda of like walking behind themselves or uh like doing yeah. little dances in the in the background.
1: All right. Well maybe we'll do a mid mid um a mid sequence episode where we all bring our best uh background <laughs> videos. <laughs> that should be a right. challenge for <laughs> next <laughs> next episode.
0: <laughs> yes. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> all right, I think that's it for this one. Let's say goodbye to the listeners. Bye, listeners. bye. Bye.
2: All
0: right. Bye, Laura. Bye, Greg. Bye, Mark.
1: damn carol baskin <laughs> i'm
0: gonna i'm gonna get that hair
1: if you do that that's a miracle and i think we should uh,
0: we should I'll market whatever that solution is cut mine <laughs> yes.
1: off
2: like, Got it's you. It's